Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Daily update. This one's kind of frustrating to leave, but maybe for some of you, you're in a similar situation to myself where it's not significantly impactful, but it's always concerning to see it from the perspective of what appears to be a strong contender in the crypto space, and then you see early signs of the same failures that have tanked other tokens in the past. And you, you you question why this happens, and you're not really sure if it's just greed, if it's incompetence, is it a lack of, is it pride, right? There's a lack of, some of these, I'll say founders, that's not really the right term, but founders, originators, developers of these projects, they get in and they have a premise. And that premise is either to, you know, tackle climate change or reforest or some other lofty vision. And then somewhere along the line, there's either greed, again, getting in the way, greed or pride, or something gets in the way where they fall off the wagon, as the term goes. And then this is all in precede. And it's almost, I almost want to create a graphic of this because I've seen it time and again with Floki was the most notorious. So Satama, I've talked about before. It's something I have a holding in. My holding is not significant. Uh, I don't have a lot of money invested in it. So it just kind of sits there. But with Satama, it has, at least on paper, a very strong rigor to the thought process that went into it. And I mentioned that they've got strong business people backing it, as well as developer teams and some measure of transparency. And they've done at least a passably good job of communicating the intent of the token, which is ultimately wealth for the common people, which is why they've created a structure that has not infinite, but a significant pool of tokens available so that people can buy in a reasonable price point early, but also kind of burn mechanics and redistribution, aka reflections, to enrich other people and discourage whale sell-off. So all of these are strong mechanics for any token to employ, and very few do. But then, as I've watched it, and I've I've watched a lot of the MAs, I've watched a lot of the YouTube updates, and I've I don't have Twitter, so I haven't seen it, but somebody may share the Twitter's uh, updates. Uh, they do updates on Telegram. I don't use Telegram because it's a security nightmare and U.S. doesn't use that. But these things get shared, and so I've watched for my own trading, but also so I can do updates like this. And I've seen kind of what they're talking about in the path. And I honestly think, that again, the business side is strong and robust and there's not any concern from the business of what they're talking about where they're falling short and i can't at this point attribute it just to them i think it's more endemic to crypto and the crypto space so i'm starting to see a pattern with satama which is that there's things that they they're doing under the hood and we can see that there's tangible activities happening the working with different celebrities, the marketing, they just did a marketing on an MMA show, um, putting up posters and flyers all over the place to get drum up interest and get awareness out there and, you know, making marketing arrangements and making sure that the tokens well managed and making sure to not encourage the whale mentality, but also to get more holders at the end of the day. We see all this is happening. So we see that they're doing that. But if you think about it, all of those are designed to really do one thing, which is to generate income. 
Now, in Satama, it has where the developers alleged, because there's no proof of this, but they alleged that basically they bought in. There was not a grant of tokens given to them and that they renounced ownership. We don't know that that's really true. We have to take them on their word that this is the case, that they bought in, that they're not granted tokens, that it's it's truly as transparent as they claim it to be. And so we take it on its face when we invest that this must be the case. So then, and in all full disclosure, I was an auditor in a past life. So I purposely look for any sign that something's not going in or going consistent with what I started with. If I start seeing things change, that's okay. I need to make sure I understand why they're changing. I want them to come out and say, we're changing it because of X, Y, Z. Straight up transparent, nothing hidden because you have no reason to. And if you're not doing that, I start questioning, well, why wouldn't you do that? Why would you not want people to understand why you're changing your policies? What I started seeing was that certain people, including myself, would share certain due diligence information and concerns. Things such as the just aggressive reliance on Telegram, which I, I, I understand. Pretty much every crypto out there, that's their go-in. That's their lead-in, and it drives me nuts because Telegram is a garbage application that's not supposed to be used for that. If you don't know what Telegram is, think of Telegram as the ghetto version of Facebook Messenger because ultimately that's what it is. You've got a bunch of rooms, and then you got people that basically just chat all day long. Or if you've used Discord, which is more on the gaming side, but Discord is... Discord is essentially the evolution of what we used to use as IRC back in like the late 90s. That's all it is. And so you've got rooms and people chat. That's that's what they like. They like to have these rooms where they just chat and then it's a bunch of noise because you got thousands of people in the room and you can't pick out the messages that you want. That's why static message forums like Reddit and others are more preferred because you can get the information that you want better, easier, faster. Services like a Discord may serve better in a support fashion when there's a problem because you can just instantly, somebody's waiting there and you can instantly jump in, get a question answered and jump out. They're using it as the, if you want information, this is where you got to come or Twitter, but they're ignoring these flat side forums. That's fine. That's their structure and I, whatever. But in doing so, you start seeing that People share the due diligence information to these flat forums because they are purposely built to ensure people see this information, not get lost in the wash of chat or the risk of immediate ban because we're trying to hide this information from the public, per se. So when people are sharing this due diligence information, for example, I called out that when the they have a new project they're working on called Cytomask, and it's supposed to be their version of a wallet that lets you transact different tokens and ideally simplify access to doing transactions with different tokens. I frankly think that that's too lofty and it's going to fail. It doesn't matter what I think, but I share to people, okay, this is information that we should be disseminating through all of our, quote, official communication outlets. Why? Because, as I've said before, like with Twitter, there's a vast majority of people that are not on Twitter. So these companies that just trust Twitter's feedback as the be-all, end-all opinion of America, for example, is faulty because only a small majority of people are on Twitter. 
more people are on Facebook than are on Twitter. I think that's a separate problem. But the point is, Twitter does not represent the voice of America, speaking as an American. And so listening to the voice of Twitter is faulty because all you're doing is creating an echo chamber. So when you've got, let's say, 10 different official outlets of communication, you should be listening to all of them. You should be communicating to all of them. So when you give this information about Cytomask, I'm saying you need to be sharing this information to all of your outlets. You need to be vetting questions from all of those outlets. If you don't want to do that, you shouldn't have all of those outlets as official outlets. That was a complaint. It's a valid complaint because you need to listen to your entire audience, not just the ones that go where you want them to go. Because when you do that, you're creating an echo chamber. You're saying only the people that do what I want them to do are the ones I'm going to listen to. And that sends you down a deep, dark path that I'm going to talk about here in a second. So we share this information of you need to communicate with all your different official outlets and they don't want to do that. Fine. This one official outlet, in this case, Reddit, has people sharing due diligence information as far as, you know, the token burn and the the redistribution, which is a big thing for it. It's really the one thing that separates it from others is the redistribution of the burn, but also the price and the flux of the price and the variations and the resistance and what we see as far as the marketing strategy. One guy who is really strong in marketing, arguably stronger than me, called out that, you know, just recently Satama gave some stupid on Twitter, some stupid cut and paste. I think they used Adobe stock video of some kid pulling out a samurai sword and then staring at stock trading screens. This is not how you get people to buy into your investment. It doesn't resonate for multiple reasons. Number one, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Number two, the kid, it's illegal for that kid to be doing that. Number three, the kid probably injured himself with the sword. Number four, you're dealing with people that are by and large, they're going to skew older because you're dealing with money that is throwaway, discretionary. You're, you're going to have some millennials, certainly, but the, the vast majority of people who are going to be investing in the penny stocks and the, the smaller tokens like this one that are kind of unknown and off to the side, they're going to skew older because of the availability of discretionary income. So having some kid do this tells you nothing. You're also, the biggest problem, not telling people the purpose of the token with the video that you do. I said in response, why not just simply give, you know what, we'll give you a million of our token as an existing holder. We'll give you a million of our token if you record a short video, you know, 15, 20 second video of you doing something that promotes our token. We'll give you a million for the winner. Now you're drumming up interest with the existing holders. You find ones who are good at it, like this guy who was calling this out and now you give them a million, which enriches them a little bit in exchange for this. And you make it a, a some kind of a contest. So you're engaging your community instead of you're just doing this cut and paste stuff that nobody cares about. And what ended up happening? Well, the value actually slided. It slid a little bit, not a lot, but it slid a little bit. And it's not helping grow. It's not helping add more holders. It's not helping benefit the token or any of the holders, any of the investors at all. Now, Satama has been marketing with an MMA organization. It's been doing some stuff. Again, we see that it's doing these things. But when you try to discuss kind of these concerns, there's this resistance to actually take action or 
in more recent cases, potential censorship of some of this due diligence. So posts like the gentleman that's talking about, hey, your marketing is garbage, you need to fix this, or posts like myself where I'm telling them you, you need to communicate to all of your different, quote, official outlets, not just stick it over here in your echo chamber. You need to actually talk to multiple people because that's where you're going to get the best bang. And credibility is showing that you care about all of your different investors, no matter where they're at. And again, that seems to be endemic to the crypto industry, not specific to Saitama. So I'm not picking on them. It's something I've called out to multiple. The difference is with the other ones, they have, even if they ignore the feedback, they've at least not censored the feedback. And they've said, we'll leave it here. And if people agree with it in mass, then we'll consider it. Satama has taken the step of actually, from what I can tell, adding certain people to their, quote, spam list in Reddit where they're sharing these due diligence information so that it's not seen. So they're not deleting it as a moderator, which would take meaning somebody looked at it and said, I am going to delete this, meaning there's a way to refute it or to do something about it. They're just taking the step of laying the bot mute it to where your post is never seen on the forum and the moderators themselves don't even see when you question, Hey, my post isn't showing up. What's going on? The moderators don't see it because now that person has been added basically to a black hole where they're never seen again. Now they they've done that to these people sharing due diligence in my form. I have a way around it. They don't need to know anything about that. Technology is what I do for a living. Regardless, I have, put out and said openly, I think they're censoring due diligence. Because I think they're censoring due diligence, if I'm right, and I'm staging this in a potential because I have no evidence because they're not answering my questions. If they are censoring due diligence, it usually precedes a rug pull. If you don't know what a rug pull is, a rug pull is where you have someone who generated a token and manages a token and develops a token, and then they take actions to, quote, pump the token, not like a pump and dump, but they do things that get it to a point. Meanwhile, they're generating value and profit for the token, and then at some point, they, they just disappear. They take profits and money, and they disappear. So could be that, in this case, the, quote, burn that I'm talking about, and I see it goes to a, quote, burn wallet, but one question I asked was, I don't see you're doing a burn contract. You're just sending it to a wallet. And yes, it has the word dead in it, but who cares? I want to see that there's a burn transaction so I know that token can't be accessed. That's one concern I raised in when I was looking at it. But if it's going to a wallet that still exists, where that value still sits there, or the liquidity wallets that sit there and say Uniswap or ShibaSwap or wherever, the question I said was, how do we know that a developer does not have access to those keys? No answer. And a lot of people who are just natural skeptics, they think that's not possible, but it is possible. We saw it. Floki did it. So I'm questioning because I've seen it happen before. And I ideally do not want to see it happen in any investment that I'm in, in right now. So I want assurance. Okay, this is a burn wallet. Nobody has access to tokens. The reason that you're seeing it, the reason we didn't do a burn contract is because that, 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 that. none of that happens. No response, just a muting silence of these due diligence posts, to me, that's concerning. So the rug pull is, I was right, let's theorize, I was right, the money's going to a token that somebody does have access to, and when it gets to a certain level of value, 
they literally withdraw the money and disappear. This could be one developer who's going rogue. It could be a joint effort with all the different people. It doesn't matter. The point is that all this money that we suspected was being burned and no longer accessible and that the developers didn't have access to any of this stuff. Turns out that, yes, it actually is available and accessible. And they went and took it and they ran with it. When that happens and they withdraw, let's say it's, you know, $20 million, they withdraw all this value it basically the same thing as if the largest whale possible withdrew all their value. It's going to tank that token. I don't. There's not enough holders at this point in order to avert a significant loss of money for people. So I tell people, don't go all in on this because we don't know yet. That's another due diligence post that gets censored. I'm not telling you that anything I'm saying has any basis in anything. I'm saying I'm seeing evidence that there may be some sketchy stuff here. I would like the moderators and them to come out and speak openly and address this with everybody in all forums and just say and take control and say, look, we're seeing these things are happening where, you know, like in the AMA, tier one exchange questions were deleted. They didn't answer them. They didn't want to answer them. That's sketchy. I'm sorry. I know you're annoyed by the questions because we keep asking them. But how about you address it instead of being annoyed by it? If you would address it, they would go away. Give specific dates. We're going to be on here no later than X. You don't have to give a specific day, but no later than X, we're going to be on here. No later than Y, we're going to be on here. If you don't know, say, we're not sure. We have this paperwork we got to complete. That takes X period of time to complete the paperwork, and then we have to do this process. Instead of getting frustrated and then just deleting the questions, or in this other case, completely hiding the question where nobody can ask the same question. I'm calling out sketchy behavior. I'd like them to speak to it. I'd like the moderators of Reddit to speak to it and hopefully get this back on track.